Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Dickens. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday, a wild weather Friday. I'm assuming there's already been a little bit of jacket-off weather going on here in central Indiana because here it's a lot of sideways rain. It's incredibly cold. But in terms of sectional semifinal play, I don't think anything has been postponed. I think everything is a go around here. Now, it is different if you go north and you run into the wintry weather that has postponed, moved back to Saturday, Monday, some of their sectionals. Then when you go south, I think the closer you get to the Ohio River, the more wet stuff that you get and the the flooding problems that they have down there has forced the postponement of some of their sectional semifinal Friday nights. We'll try to get straight on all that over the course of the afternoon, see if anything else happens. Bob Lovell's going to join us, courtesy of our friends. The 14 Joe Tilders run, Central Indiana Car X locations, and Bob's going to join us from Indiana Sports Talk coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll go over that. And I was talking to Greg Rakestall a little bit earlier. He's got a humdinger at Warren tonight in sectional semifinal Friday night. He's got a couple of fantastic games. We'll go over all that and then some with Bob coming up at the bottom of the hour. Congratulations to the Boilermakers, the Boilermakers, the Big Ten champions as they survive. It was at times, and you would have to admit, watching Purdue and Wisconsin last night, it was a bit of an eye gouger. And sometimes I will call watching my daughter's teams play as an eye gouger because it's not the most aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. But when you get a win and when you win another Big Ten, it just doesn't matter. When you need to get back on the winning winning track, as Purdue needed to do last night, and even it would have been so much better had they knocked down open shots, which they got a bunch of. It would have been a lot better if they would have been more like what you have seen them over the course of the season. But I will hold back on that just for a second because there is one thing that they did do last night that had been a staple for them up until losing three of four. 
and that is closing out games. Closing out games, single possession games on the road. And you know this, at Wisconsin, it is just always going to be different. That is like the prototypical, hey, we're going to Wisconsin, and the weather's really going to suck. It's like running into a deep freeze, and hey, we get to play this team, and it is probably going to be boring as hell to watch. But man, if you can squeeze out a win up there, again, by whatever means necessary, then you do it. And then you feel good about it. It's not going to be one of those things where I say, well, you don't apologize about it and you move on. Because there was something to be said about that game that certainly should be understood. And that is still a Boilermaker team that struggled offensively in shooting the basketball, struggled from three-point range, which at some point, they're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to remedy that. And and whether or not it's real, this time of year, who cares? This time of year, it is so game-to-game now. If it's not real, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you have it in that game. What matters is you have it in a small sample size. You can take what you can get whenever you can get it. But still a close game and a close road game last night. And you feel good about the fact that Purdue got over in a close road game last night, no matter how that thing ended up looking, no matter how much Boilermaker fans are saying, why can't these guys shoot? These guys can't open shots. They're not hitting shots that they have you know, over the course of the season when they're playing better. Still got time to figure that out, and you don't need a long-term solution now. You just You need in bits and pieces and in moments a solution. Because believe me, when you get in one-and-done atmospheres like the Big Ten Conference Tournament or the NCAA Tournament, you can you can hose yourself by having one off night. But you can also put something together that may not be absolutely real. You can put something together that may not be um, your forte or hasn't been over the course of the season. You can put it together and make a little bit of run out of it. And I know what that's what Boilermaker fans are looking at more than anything else. Everybody's been happy. Everybody's been happy with another Big Ten title. Everybody's been happy with where they were picked and what they have done, what they have evolved into. But we all know that what matters with Boilermaker fans is what happens when you get to March. What happens when you get to the NCAA tournament? And you kind of just cover up. You cover up and you wait for the bad stuff to happen. You wait for the bad news to occur. Again, night in and night out. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get, but I'll flip it over. Sometimes it turns out where you play a lot better in one category, one facet of your game where it hadn't been your forte the entire season or hadn't been your forte in the past month. And the Boilermakers need to find out how to make. That would loosen everything up. You step into jumpers where you had so many opportunities for three. You start stepping into those and making them. And that'll make Boilermaker fans feel a lot better. And again, there's no reason why you shouldn't right now. Win another title. Go to Wisconsin and you win. A lot of reasons to feel good about that last night. Last night was incredibly wild. I don't know what the hell was I watching with Minnesota. 
Minnesota and Rutgers. <laughs> Every time I turned it on and then turned it back, three guys were like counting on their fingers. Yeah, one, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. These guys are counting on their fingers over here. They look like me trying to do math. What is happening? So you had that going for you last night. That was pretty wild. You had Michigan and Illinois, which was incredibly wild. And this wild stat as well. Now, with a little bit of help from, I'd like to say your friends, but they're really not your friends, with a little bit of help. IU still with a win over Michigan in line for the possibility of a double bye. And then, and then I get this. And I don't know when anybody's ever going to be happy. I, I guess in terms of your happiness, it's whatever you want right now. And here's what I mean by that. Everybody, including myself, we've been talking about a double buy. And since the implementation of the double buy, uh, clearly IU hasn't had it. Clearly IU in basically the history of the Big Ten Conference Tournament has been the proverbial turd in the punch bowl. It has not been worthy. And you have not, as an IU fan, enjoyed really any of it. Not much at all. So you were looking forward to that possibility when you placed yourself in the category of odds-on favorite to be a part of that double buy. And then on Tuesday night, that wasn't good at home against Iowa, but you got a little bit of help now, got a little help the past couple of days with a little bit more help and a win coming up to close out. I don't know how in the world when it's Trace Jackson Davis's final regular season home game. I, don't you just have to wipe the floor with Michigan? Are they capable of wiping the floor with Michigan? Don't you have to do that? I know oftentimes you kind of think about that in the past, that final regular season game, especially at home and at senior night and all that. And, you know, you're surrounded by those that have helped you. I, normally you have to all go all the way back to at least the 90s for a lot of that too. A lot of that celebration, a lot of that deeply rooted feeling. Like somebody was showing me, where did I see this? It had to be either on Facebook. Hell, I can't tell anymore where I am in social media. It was somewhere on social media, but somebody had posted up. Maybe it was the the mop lady dude. The mop lady dude, did you do that? I know the uh, chronic guy and the mop lady dude. But I think it was the mop lady dude that put up the 1993 Senior night, and that's pretty cool. You know, you go back, and you, especially with a group that was just so ultra successful with Cheney and with Nover and Reynolds and Graham. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, sometimes the celebrations have been a little less than slight, but I'm assuming coming up this weekend down in Bloomington, this will be a good one. For a guy that you can say what you want, and I know a lot of people still will look at his postseason record and not being able to break through in that. Can you imagine, if you trace for a moment, the past four years? Let's think about the past four years. And where he is now, compared to where he once was, what you thought about him coming out of high school, the opinions that you developed for him, where he is now, is that just not a tremendous leap? Because I'll tell you, it is with me. It is with me. 
And obviously, I, I get a closer look, and I've had a closer look at it, but watching him develop, watching him mature, that has, pre- that has been, uh, to me, as enjoyable as I've seen anything around IU in a long time. Incredibly enjoyable. I certainly have fun with it. So I'm assuming that is going to be extra special. And when you look at it, and I, I hope for the sake of future argument, because you know that's what it's going to be, the future argument is going to be, well, this is what did not happen in the postseason. But I hope for future argument there is a run right there. So that is not the future argument. So you can lean on the things that he has accomplished, the growth that he has had in so many different areas. I hope that that possibility is there. Thus, I hope coming up for senior day that it's extra special, it's extra motivating for those around him. But let me get back to the point I was making. We talked about the double buy with IU, and that was a big deal. You know, now everybody's kind of taking a circular thought, and I use that nicely, a circular thought that maybe it would be better off, especially if, Xavier Johnson returns not to get the double by and to get another game under your belt so he'll be even more ready. Hey, listen, skip the damn line if you can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Skip the line. We all love to skip the line. If you can skip the line, skip the line. This is still, regardless of what your hope is with Xavier Johnson and from an IU standpoint, I hope that he comes back and he is a huge addition. But that is far from solidified. And the one thing that is more of a constant than anything else is this team being FUBAR in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. So if you can skip the line, skip the line. If you can skip a step, skip a step. That's my thought. That is my thought. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. I just don't know how I'm going to be proven wrong. I don't know how you're ever going to be able to find out. It seems like that there is such a short window of time in that possibility for return for Xavier Johnson that you're either going to see something in these moments or you're not going to see it. Because it's not going to be something that you're going to have time to sit around and look at your watch and wait on here. So, you know, and I know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you sat here yesterday and you said, regarding your Sycamores, isn't it a good thing that they got off to a great start and they scored the highest amount of points in the history of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament against Evansville yesterday? That'll give them a kickstart against Belmont coming up this afternoon at 3.30. Yeah, of course I said that. And of course, I probably sit here and sound incredibly hypocritical, but I'm talking about Indiana State. I'm trying to I'm trying to help them get to a semifinal Saturday in St. Louis, in my mind here. And I really don't care at this point what it equates to. I don't even care how they get there. So yeah, probably am being a little bit hypocritical. It probably would be a good thing if Xavier Johnson were ready. I just don't know if you hope not to get a double bye for that. 
because then you put yourself in a situation where you know you got to play you got to play a game before that and, and this team alone and turning that light switch on and off compared to just the history of IU in the Big 10 conference tournament skip a step if you can cut in line I would cut in line. I was not a big cutter in line. Yes, sometimes I would. Cut in line if you can if you're IU. Now, if you can get yourself from a better starting point, get yourself from a better starting point. And then you can figure out, and again, this is going to be something that either I think it happens, and hopefully it does, or or it doesn't because there's just not a lot of time to work somebody back in like that. I hope it does work out for him. You can look at his numbers. He can be incredibly tough. And for a team that hadn't had him since December, what an uplifting moment that might be. I just don't know if you would hope not to skip that particular step. Downplay the double buy for it. Uh, We can talk about that if you like. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, will be here coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We shall discuss. I mentioned the Boilermakers, too. Another title, the Boilermakers moving forward. The uh, eye-gouging offense that we witnessed last night in Madison, that's par for the course up there. If they were able to play golf um, outside of maybe only three months of the year, then that would probably be a more commonly used phrase. But par for the course, it is. Against Wisconsin up there, it doesn't matter. You cash in if you're the Boilermakers. Rafael Davis, the former Boilermaker from the Big Ten Network, is going to be here coming up at about 5.30. And last week he was off. I don't know. He's got a meeting today at 4. I'm not going to say he's kind of jerking us around with a ton. Not really. you got to mess around with the time a little bit because he's got this meeting. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Mike Wells will join us coming up at about 4.30 today. So obviously we are loaded up and ready to go for what is going to be a fantastic weekend. And as you could tell, I did sneak in a little bit of Indiana State conversation. I'll be watching what's going on. Here's the thing with Indiana State. When I walked in here, Brian and Jimmy kind of asked about Indiana State. All right. The info on Indiana State is this. As you saw yesterday, they can score at high volume. However, their defense leaves a great deal to be desired. Now, you can say that about all of us. You can say it about all of us. But these guys can't play defense, and at times it looks like they don't have a great deal of motivation to want to play defense. There's not a lot of want to there, doesn't seem. So, If you score a lot of points, then you feel good about it. If you don't, you're probably going to struggle because it's not like defensively they often hold anybody back. In fact, they get Belmont coming up here at the bottom of the hour over in St. Louis. They had a 19-point lead back on February the 22nd. 19-point lead at Belmont in Nashville. And gag that up. Belmont a couple of free throws with under three seconds remaining. And that was the difference in a one-point win for the Bruins. So I would like to tell you that maybe you could stop somebody. That's that's why I'm kind of holding on to that. Well, Belmont's going to make their first appearance. And, of course, in the past, they've been to the OVC. Can you tell? I've tried to talk myself into this like 19 different ways. 
Well, they were in the OVC. They're used to playing at the Ford Center. They're not used to playing, I mean, just baloney. Just a bunch of crap that I'm talking up right here. Trying to talk my Sycamores into a semifinal Saturday in the Mo Valley. And they tip it up coming up here in and around 3.30 as that second quarterfinal of four going on in St. Louis this afternoon and then, of course, later on in the evening. All right, Pacers last night. Again, another one of those definitions of at times you're going to go, oh, wow, and at times you're going to want to shut it off because last night it would have – I would not have minded whatsoever if you just said, you know what, this is not working for me in this third quarter. This is awful. I'm going to go ahead and shut this crap off. And again, while I have told you, if they have close games in which they can close, close it, it is one thing and one thing only. You look back to last night. And if you're the representation of Tyrese Halliburton, this probably makes you feel incredibly good. Now, when he is not there, this team is drastically different for the worst. I mean, awful. They were awful. And I think Rick Carlisle, after the game, put it lightly, saying, well, there was a lot of dribbling and the ball wasn't going where it was supposed to go. They just looked like a discombobulated mess without him. I mean, really, everybody, when you look around, from Miles to Buddy Heald, Nimhard, everybody. Everybody looks lost without him. And that's the way they looked last night. That third quarter was brutal. And the fourth quarter really didn't make you feel much better about it either. So those of you that want the percentages and the lottery opportunity, you got what you wish for last night. I I can't lie. There's not a lot of games with the Pacers. I believe that they're going to go into, especially on the road and win. That was going to be one of them. Who was this uh, Vasily or Vasily guy that was just unconscious in the third quarter? Anybody want to get a hand up on him? <laughs> he hit that three. What did they go up, like 13, 15? He buried a three, and I know I know it was about 30 feet away, but nobody even went out to challenge. He just kind of stepped into it and let it fly. He'd hit everything at that point. Lord. And you can always tell how a game's going. By the tone of Quinn's grunts and grunts. There was a lot of, uh, uh, uh. When, when it's going like that, it's not a good night for the Pacers. Oh, Miles. <laughs> There's a lot of grunting and groaning going on. And not in a good way. So you could tell. Uh, you could tell. And that is not at all. I think they beat. They beat Utah in the game prior, they being the Spurs. They had lost 16 straight. They'd been an absolute mess, and that's exactly what they want to be, an absolute mess. Uh, Last night, they looked like a playoff team compared to the Pacers. They looked terrible. Pacers lose on the road at San Antonio. We can certainly talk about that, if you like, at 239-1070. I think we got a lot to talk about, too. Quarterbacks met at the Combine today. I think I liked it. Everything. You got any quotes from the quarterbacks over there? Is there anything in the system? I will check right now. Do you have the 
uh, ball placement specialist from C.J. Stroud? I can find that. That may have given me a bit of a sports arousal. Ball placement specialist. And not, I can admit, I was a little bit sports aroused by that. And then when, when Levis got up there, and I've been hardcore on Levis from how he played this past year. And I'm going to paraphrase on this. He was asked, you know, why do you feel it necessary to throw here at the combine? And he says, um, I want to show everybody my cannon of an arm. Well, hey, yes. <laughs> I thought, yeah. All right. So I could get down with that. The cannon of the arm and the ball placement specialist. You know, and considering here for the Colts at quarterback this past year, it was uh, lack of ball placement specialist. It was lack of cannon for an arm. It was like completely the opposite of that last year. Just amazingly fantastic quotes. Actually, from Bryce Young to C.J. Stroud to Levis to Richardson, I thought everything was was pretty good down there. Big crowd, for sure, at the Combine a little bit earlier. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Mike Wells, Don Fisher, Rafael Davis all coming up on the show. Hey, be careful out there, too, because I know you look like it's just raining. It's not bad. Water is standing everywhere. The wind has been absolutely brutal. And if you're in central Indiana, it may not be as bad. The further further south you go, the more water you're going to run into. The further north you go, the more wintry conditions you're going to run into. So be careful out there. We'll keep you updated on that and more. James is here. I'm John inside the lounge via YouTube Live on this Friday. You can get in. You can participate. You can watch. You can listen. It's HD radio. If you have that capability in your car, I'm telling you, it sounds outstanding. It makes me sound a hell of a lot better than I do right now. I don't know what it does. It's like me talking in the shower. Me singing in the shower is what you get from HD radio. I have no idea how that concept works, but it does. You should you should hear me singing Oasis and Wonderwall in the shower. It's incredible. I sound like I'm the third Gallagher brother in the shower. Seriously. But that's how good HD radio is if you had that capability in your car. Uh, you also got us via stream, the app. 93.5, The Fan. We got calls, Bob Lovell, and more. Coming up on the other side next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Ride with JMV. Fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
Um, I think I'm. I think I'm. Uh, I'm a playmaker. I think I'm very creative, uh, and I think I'm, I'm smart when it comes to protections and things like that. Because I solve a lot of issues before they're even there, uh, and that's something I pride myself on. And, and one thing about me, I, uh, I think uh, I'm a ball placement specialist. That's one thing I like to be very accurate. I don't want my receivers have to do really anything to catch the ball. And I think I've shown that time and time on film. Again, there it is. is uh, ball placement specialist. He kind of reminded me of the wolf in Pulp Fiction right there. That is C.J. Stroud, everybody. I'll take it. I will take it. I've heard the stories. I know the complaints. These Ohio State guys, they're never any good. He was never any good until the Georgia game. I'll take it. He can't do this. He can't do that. I'll take it. You had me at ball placement specialist. Back to that coming up in a minute. Sean, if you're on hold, man, I'll get to you to lead the show. From a caller standpoint, in just a bit, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, run by Joe Childers, CarX.com today. It is Bob Lovell from Indiana Sports Talk. Hello, Bob. Hey, John, how are you? What is this sectional weather doing to us on this semifinal Friday night? <laughs> what it normally does? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's uh, if you're up in the region, you're in trouble. If you're north of Fort Wayne, you're in trouble. If you're down around, you know, southwestern Indiana, you have issues. So there are a surprising number of postponements tonight, kind of throwing a wrench into the tournament. Being in the region, I think it's just routine for you to understand you're going to be Uh, daily in trouble. So, yes, not only that, you've got the wintry weather to the north with a a number of postponements, and then you're getting the uh, flooding that's going on evidently down south. I I think one of the the closest areas to us right now is the one I saw. Kind of surprised me, I guess, but I'm assuming it's because of flooding. The Seymour sectional semifinals with Jeffersonville, Jennings County, New Albany, Seymour postponed. I agree with you on that. I mean, it just seems like those of us here in Central Indiana, we seem to be we seem to be okay. You know, you're talking Muncie on south, and um, you know the White River Valley seems to be okay. So. Uh, big change, you know, big, uh, big changes uh, underway this weekend. Not like everybody was expecting it to be. It's sectional time, and those of us who've been around a little bit, we understand that bad weather is a, a normal thing for sectional week. There's a lot of water in my yard. I'm on an incline, too. I left today and I thought, well, man, I hope my good thing I've got a double battery backup on the old sump pump here because I bet this bad boy's working a little bit right now. John, I remember when I was 10 years old, going to the uh, Brownsburg sectional, snowstorm, we know it's snowing, we jump in the car, my mom, dad, brother, and I get up to the ball game to watch our beloved Quakers. Middle of the first half, they come on the PA and announce that State Road 267 is closed, and you're not going to be allowed to leave the building. (laughs) So, (laughs) So we spent the night, we and hundreds of our very close friends, Spent the night in the Brandsburg gym. Ooh, that's awesome! After the sectional, that was great. It worked. I mean, my brothers, you know, twelve, and we're 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 having a ball. It's a great thing. And the other part of it is our Quakes had won the sectional. It's this sectional championship night on Saturday. We win, but we can't get back on the road because there's like two feet of snow out there. 
Did they feed you hot dogs and popcorn, too? No. <laughs> yeah, they kept the concession stands open, but that was about, that was about it. You know, when you're 10, you don't mind sleeping on bleach. It doesn't matter. You're no, no, no doubt. That sounds awesome for me. Speaking of awesome, sectional semifinals, Cathedral, Warren, LN, and Addicts. I don't know if you can get any better than those two on a Friday night in Indiana in sectional play. Now, you know, when we did the parent show, we kind of said that was going to be one you, you have to pay attention to and uh, kind of went according to, to Hoyle, so to speak. But it was – it'll be great. It's going to be a tremendous, tremendous sectional there. I mean, semifinal Friday, if we get a chance to do it like we normally do, it always has surprises. You know, uh, the question is whether or not your guys are going to still get a chance to play uh, down in their tournament, uh, they're playing. Who they play? They're playing somebody pretty good, aren't they? They, uh, I believe. Do they have? Uh, do my fellas have Linton in two A tonight? I think. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that won't happen. Uh, no, no, I'm has, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Eastern Green has South Knox. Uh, and what's South interesting Knox, about yeah. that, David Burkett's their head coach. David Burkett's a friend of mine. David Burkett is a Thunderbird. He's a graduate of Eastern Green. Right, so right. they'll probably beat us up too. by yeah. about 15 or so, I would imagine. <laughs> well, still, you know what? It's been fun. It's been a fun <laughs> yeah. basketball year. I'm going to tell you, back, back, when, lot to play. back when I was growing up, it was it like made you feel good when you got to buy. You know what I mean? It's like it was like one. We oh, got yeah. to buy. That's oh, like yeah. one win right there. It made you feel good. Well, you knew you'd be playing on Friday. That's the whole thing about it. At least you thought you would be playing on Friday. No doubt. So, uh, but yeah, Mitchell and uh, Linton on the other side of that, in, incredibly difficult to say the least. Bob Lovell is with us. I, I did want to get back to Cathedral and Warren and Ellen and Addicts. I. I guess maybe it comes from the remnants of the city tournament, but Addicts, uh-huh. Addicts uh-huh. just seems like a team. It's it's kind of a younger team. Um, it's got a centerpiece for a younger team. Uh, they seem like some. They got some dogs in that locker room right there. They've been enjoyable. They really do. They do. I mean, had a great city uh, city tournament, as everybody knows. Uh, they and I think the thing about them, you know, Chris Hawkins is a pretty good coach and has had great success. And love how he runs his program and the stuff he does, they've gotten better. They've, just, they, they've kind of used that city tournament as a, a launching pad, if you will. And they continue to play great. Uh, Lawrence Central had a big win to get to get to the semis. Cathedral's Cathedral. Cathedral started out as one of the top five teams in the state in 4A, and I think they continue to be. And so, uh, and LN is really, really surprisingly good. Not very big, but good. So, I think you have great matchups all the way around in it. So Bob Lovell with a sectional semifinal Friday night. And Bob's brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com for your March savings events, which is ongoing right now. How much separation is there in 4A between Ben Davis and everybody else? I mentioned that because at Perry Meridian tonight, you've got D.C. Pike, Franklin Central, and Ben Davis in the 6 and the 730 nightcap, respectively. Well, I think it's kind of hard to understand, but but look at it this way: They're under, Ben Davis has not lost the game in in, uh, in this year uh, to do what they've done against the schedule they play. You, they play in the toughest uh, conference in the state. Uh, they have, I think, arguably one of the best schedules in the state, and they haven't lost the game. So um, it's a long-winded answer. I mean, the the short answer is 
there is there is noticeable separation between them, uh, but there are a lot of uh, a lot of good 4A teams who you know how it is on a particular night uh, can do some uh, some good things. But if you have to go in and look at who they played, who Ben Davis has played, how they've beaten, how they've won, uh, you, you clearly look at them as the number one team in the world. Yeah, at uh, Carmel tonight, Noblesville, Westfield, Bob, Zionsville, and Fishers, another really wow. good Friday night up in Carmel. <laughs> and one one name it's not a part of it is Carmel. So, yeah. That was, uh, you know, it was a little bit surprising. Number one, uh, Carmel home. Uh, they played great basketball the last three or four years. Ryan Osborne has done a fantastic job. Uh, with them, but it is such a competitive section. Everything they do, every sport they uh, they play, uh, and and uh, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who any uh, who had the edge in this. I think they're all very evenly matched in this semifinal game. And so uh, I would expect them all to be one or two possession games, and wouldn't surprise me who wins. Yeah, Plainfield tonight, Terre Haute North Brownsburg, Terre Haute South, and Plainfield at 7.30. Center Grove, the fighting Bloomington South, Andrew Barons as the senior, and South gets Center Grove. Center Grove, by the way, uh, Center Grove kind of crapped her pants a little bit the other night. Got a little bit of a scare. I, to me, that yeah. was probably going to be good for them because Greenwood brought it in that opening round, and that probably got them, and I'm not suggesting they're going to overlook anybody, right. but any chance of that happening, Happening is probably gone with Coach Hahn and that group going into tonight. You know what? You know how when you've played somebody uh, once already, uh, these things happen uh, in, in tournament play. And so um, Coach Hahn has done a fantastic job. They're, they're a very solidly put together team. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's one of those toss it up and whoever makes plays at the end wins it. I want to back up and wish love to my beloved Quakers. You better tonight at home in the sectional. You know, wait till I'm uh, 71 before we start to have a sectional at our place. Thank you very much for that. But uh, <laughs> you know, listen, they're pretty. They're really good. They won 17, 18 games. They're really good. It's just that that's a, the people in that sectional are really else. You know, both the yeah. Terre Haute schools, uh, and it's so. Uh, Andy Weaver's group has done well. Uh, let's hope that being at home uh, is big enough for our Quakers. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mentioned, too, also Senator Grove, the second part of that's Bloomington North and Martinsville at 7.30 tonight. Columbus North, Whiteland and Shelbyville, Columbus East and uh, Columbus North, all that taking place in 4A. Um, for those we haven't mentioned yet, give me a couple of sectional semifinals that we'll be playing area-wise this evening that piques your interest, Bob. Area-wise, sectionals. Uh, you know what? That's a great question. I love it when you make me uh, when you expose me on, for not knowing what I'm talking about. Oh, you always know what you're talking area. about. I'm never worried about that. For buff matchup, I really do. I'm right you know, there with you. Uh, Beach Grove uh, with their, um, you know, they're defending their championship, so they play Speedway tonight. Um, some really, you know, those types of matchups uh, around the state, John. But I think more than anything is the ones that we talked about uh, uh, throughout most of the year. You love, obviously, the one at Carmel, uh, and you love the kind of reference. So yeah. uh, yep, yep. at this particular stage, to be perfectly honest, they're all pretty good, if you want the yep. honest truth. And um, 
just uh, who's out there is waiting to be the surprise team. That's the other question. Who's the team that's going to pull the upset and be the surprise and make one of those great runs? Yeah, you mentioned, too, at uh, Manuel, uh, Ritter and Washington, Beach Grove and Speedway, the two yeah. there. I, yeah. I, the one that I would probably look at, and maybe that is more for tomorrow night at the Hatchet House, because you got that uh, that Sicily kid, right, from Heritage Hills. Right. And Heritage yeah. Hills, they yeah. play Washington. And we've talked about this. Vincennes Lincoln, and I'm sure North Davies will clock Vincennes Lincoln, but North Davies, after that title a year ago, moved up from A to 3A. And this is the scheduling and the challenge that they've taken on. It's going to be interesting if they end up colliding with Heritage Hills, what that championship game at the Hatchet House is going to look like coming up tomorrow night. Well, they kind of think they realized who they were playing. I mean, they would look at it quite diligently, frankly, to see. Uh, you know, region, sectional by sectional, sectional game, regional, uh, semi-state, who you'd be up against, knowing full well that Heritage Hills was going to be in there. And this is a Heritage Hills team that had great success last year. And you bring back the Sicily kid, who is a legit uh, top 15, top 20 player in the country. I mean, everybody's in recruiting him right now. So that's how good he is. That's how good they are. And so they knew, uh, North Davis knew it was going to be a challenge. Uh, obviously, it's unheard of for a team to go from 1A to 3A. They uh, knew it was a challenge, did it anyway. To this point, it has worked out well. But now you're also playing a different caliber of player uh, when you're playing at 3A. I'm with you. That'd be a, that would be a great regional, excuse me, a great sectional to see. Um, and uh, that's a pretty good one. You know, you got the Bar Reeve. That's right. So I was going next. The Ligoti play. Bar Reeve Ligoti. I think they they hold around 4,500 at Ligoti. The the fire marshal is not going to be anywhere near that building tonight. I guarantee you that. Yeah. He's been called away on an emergency out of the county. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. There's there's nothing going on. You know, the unique thing about this is, uh, if you look back at the 1A championships, there have been a number of 1A champions out of this sectional. You know, Barry, when they made their run, Lagodi has uh, done it too. Uh, Orleans is really, really good, has had a great run. And your guy, Jamie, you know, at. Uh, at, at, at Bloomfield. Oh well, yeah, JB Neal. Hey, I will. I will tell you this. Yeah. Class A, the the winner, and I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and guarantee this. The winner of Bloomfield and Orleans, whenever they meet, will win the Class A title. That's who's going to win Class A. I don't. I don't argue. I don't argue with that. I mean, yeah. I think that's. I, I think that's well done. To be honest, I'm not sure who's going to win. So, you know, uh, have fun if you don't. Away from the water and just stay in central Indiana and go some great basketball tonight and tomorrow night. Bob's got you covered. Indiana Sports Talk a little bit later on tonight, coming up tomorrow night as well. He won't forget about the college action that is going on, including Indiana State in the quarterfinals over in St. Louis, the Mo Valley Conference Tournament against Belmont, and he'll have you set for the final regular season weekend of the Big Ten and getting ready for, obviously, both the Big Ten Conference Tournament and the Big East Conference Tournament. There is so much going on. Bob's got you tonight and tomorrow night with all of it. Brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana CarX locations, CarX.com today. Bob, I don't know how you're going to do it all, but it's going to be up to you to do it all. Have a great time. (laughs) Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to have to do it. There is a ton going on.
One time, honestly, though, and I know that it's really hard. One time, I wish you guys could go down to Lagodi tonight. It's Bar Reeve, Lagodi, and Spring Valley in Orleans. <laughs> that place is going to be utter insanity. Insanity. In a good way. As good as that can be. But let me tell you, you will enjoy it. Promise you that. Got a lot of stuff going on. Seriously, I don't know how he's going to keep it all together. All right, 345 that said the scheduled tip. So Indiana State Belmont just about set to get underway. Let's see who won that earlier game. I was hoping Bradley would get knocked off, but Bradley 72-66 over Northern Iowa. And just about ready to get going, my Sycamores and the Bruins of Belmont, the second of four over in St. Louis today. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Sean and Vernon on the other side. Mike Wells coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher in the 5. Rafael Davis in the 5. A whole lot of basketball talking. The quarterbacks, what they had to say a little bit earlier today. C.J. Stroud, I was impressed. What about Will Levis? We'll come back with that on the other side. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today the ride with jmv you take drugs danny every day good so what's the problem i don't know 93.5 and 107.5 the fan yeah i think um physically i just say my arm talent i think i got one stronger arms that's come out of any draft class in recent memory and then just who i am as a person kind of my morals what i stand for my values and i think that's been uh the most kind of beneficial thing for me to be able to share with these coaches throughout these formal and informal interviews to just get them to know me as a person get them to kind of understand how seriously I take every aspect of my life and just letting them know how much I love ball and how I'm able to use those values and those morals to make me the best person in the locker room and on the field as possible. Not everybody goes through the, the throwing portion of the combine. Why, why did you ultimately decide you were going to go through with this? Because I got a cannon. I'm going to show it off. Nah, I think... Um, <laughs> because I have a cannon and I want to show it off. I don't know. In terms of quotability and sports arousals, I don't know where I am with with Stroud and Levis today. That's dynamite. I have a cannon and I want to show it off. I would too. You would too. We'd all want to show off our cannons. But then a little bit earlier when Stroud talked about ball placement specialist. I, I, what am I going to do? Those are awesome quotes. You have to admit, those are damn good quotes right there. 
Shout out to Jeremiah, who's finally getting the TV mounted to see your chiseled features in HD. Thank you. See, Fitz says the feels along the Redneck Audubon looks like uh, Yoo-Hoo with Lake Erie Whitecaps. <laughs> no hot sauce in sight. Yeah. Yeah, part of the problem with the Redneck Audubon is when you drive fast, you, you get a little ramping going on every bridge that you hit. You ever noticed that? Yeah, don't do that. That's not good. And when you're going over, especially between 45 and 231, it is a large valley. It is a large drop down there. White, white caps in the fields. That's problematic. All right, quick break and we'll come back. I tell you what, Vernon, I'm going to lead with you. I've got time for calls on the other side. I think Wells can't go until 430. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio at 430, which means I've got some time for you regarding anything we've talked about, whether it's college hoop, the Boilermakers, the Big Ten title, Pacers from last night, quarterbacks meeting with the media earlier today, quarterbacks throwing, showing off a cannon, ball placement specialist, and what is going to be just a fantastic weekend for college basketball as well. We'll come back with your calls. Mike Wells, Don Fisher, Rafael Davis still on the way. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That is the late, great Eddie Money. And if you're walking on water, you're probably just outside right now because there is a lot of standing water. Central Indiana-wise, be careful where you're driving. I don't want to see anybody doing any hydroplaning. I'm telling you, I was out at about 1130 coming up in here, and there were emergency vehicles and sirens going every which direction. So, now hopefully things have settled down quite a bit out there, but the weather here in Indiana is wild for a sectional semifinal Friday night. You've got the snow. The wintry conditions to the north, which has led to many postponements uh, in the armpit, many postponements to the north around South Bend. And with the water to the south, you also have Friday night sectional semifinal postponements there as well. Uh, Central Indiana looks all good right now. Let me tell you this, whether you're going to Carmel or Warren or Plainfield or CG Where else might you be going? Columbus? There are some dang good games for this semifinal. 
Warren, Warren is going to be a blast over there tonight, too. Uh, anyway, 239-1070. I mentioned Mike Wells had to push back until 430 from ESPN Radio. So Mike will join us. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, around about 515 today, and Rafael Davis of the Big Ten Network, the former Boiler, talking about the Boilers winning the Big Ten Conference title last night. In typical, that's how you win at Wisconsin fashion. It was not something that I'm sure Boilermaker fans are going to go, hey, you know what? I enjoyed that game so much. I think I'm going to go ahead and roll this back and watch it again. It was like me and an Adam Schefter interview. You know, that was so good. I think I'm going to go ahead and re-rack that and watch it again. You're probably not going to watch it again, but it just doesn't matter. Get that win. You knocked down some threes, wide open looks were missed time and time again. Hopefully you figure that out. And then the argument regarding IU. And you're saying, what argument are you talking about here? First of all, when it's Trace's senior day, then if you're a team, I mean, get gassed up and wipe Michigan out. Still an opportunity with some nice things happening for some good fortune to get to that double buy. And as I mentioned, I don't really fall in line with the, well, if you play more games, if you don't get the double buy, it'd be better because you can acclimate if you can, if he's ready, Xavier Johnson, if, if you can skip a step, skip a step. It's the Big Ten Conference Tournament. It's IU basketball. They do not go well together. If you can skip a step, skip a step. Get back to that coming up in a minute. 12-21 in the first. This game is going to be over before I'm done here, James. And it's going to cause me a great deal of discomfort. Belmont. The Fighting Windlers right now, 17-16 over Indiana State. 12-09 in the uh, first half of play from St. Louis. That's a quarterfinal round. Missouri Valley Conference Tournament for, I'm not going to say my, I'm going to say our. For our sycamores going on right now. We shall keep you updated. I promise calls. Let's do it. Pacers lose last night, really. If you were to turn that thing off in the third quarter, I would not have blamed you. It was that bad. It was that bad against San Antonio. Pacers lose. Wild night of the Big Ten, whether it was Illinois, Michigan, double overtime, whatever was going on in Minneapolis at the barn with Minnesota and Rutgers. When you turn it on and you go back and forth and the referees are counting off seconds on their hands, you know that things are not going smoothly. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Seems a bit problematic. They got it figured out, though. Minnesota with the upset of Rutgers. So a wild night in the Big Ten and what should be a wild weekend in basketball in general. All right, 239-1070. Andrew is going to lead us off today. Andrew, thank you for the call. How are you? Hey, JMV, with the opening weekend of IndyCar, I want to see if you've heard any uh, updates on potential bucks bump day returning back to the 500 this year i don't i they haven't really talked about that i listen to trackside basically on my way home whenever they're on either a tuesday or a wednesday night around here and i don't think they've really talked about the number or the car count as of yet for the 500 i don't know if it's going to be in a position in which they're going to be able to have that that would be a shame bump day is usually one of the best days of the week and i remember i was there at that fernando alonso uh 
uh, when he got bumped out, and that just made that race so much more exciting. That can be some fun. And then we got to find out who's going to be doing Carb Day, too. We haven't found that out yet either, Andrew. Yeah, do you have uh, any uh, early predictions for this uh, this uh, weekend at St. Petersburg? I do not. Do you? Yeah, I was uh, watching a little bit of practice. I'm I'm actually excited to see what Herta does. Or sorry, uh, Rossi does with um, Aaron McLaren this year. I think he's uh, always been one of my favorite drivers. Aggressive, love watching him at the 500. I think he's got a good young team there. I'm excited to see what he can do. What time does that race get underway? Is it on the board up here, Eddie? What time's the IndyCar race on Sunday? Look at Eddie's got to go to his phone right here. Hey, you can tell me, Andrew. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. I got you. Hey, that does mean that hello spring, here we are when IndyCar's back. So that's also a good thing. 85 days till the big show, my friend. You got it, Andrew. 85 days. In fact, Andrew's right. I thought he was going to ask me who was going to be at Carb Day in the entertainment. I'm guessing by when Doug Bowles came on a couple of Fridays ago that it's not going to be knocking your socks off. I'm guessing. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm guessing. Hey, Vernon, jump on here at 239-1070. Hello, Vernon. Hey, Dan V. About four years ago, you came to the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists Meet the Media Night. Uh, yes. Up at the Skyline Club. I did, with, uh, I with my good friend Steve Jefferson. Scoop was with me. Go. Yes. Well, Steve is gone, but uh, uh, I'm the new president, so I want to extend to you a personal invitation to come there again Tuesday night. Uh, we took a picture together, and yes. uh, I want to put it on my Facebook, and and I want to say that you're going to be in the house. Okay. Now, this Tuesday night it is? Yes. It's 6 o'clock to 9 at the Skyline Club. 6 o'clock to 9 at the Skyline Club. Now, do I ha- – Do I-, I think I wore pants last time. Do I need to wear pants? Come as you are. And and if you want me to, I can either email, I can email you some, uh, just the details and so forth. Please do. Yeah. uh, Email me that. I I love doing that last time when Steve was a part of it, Vernon. But yeah, thank you for the invite. And I don't think I have anything going on. You know, nine o'clock hoop, I think on Tuesday night, I can still make that and go to the skyline and hang out with you guys with no pants on. That sounds great. Well, it was a great time, and you hung around for a while. No, I loved it. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was. It was a great time. I don't often get out to see, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, especially when I saw. I hadn't seen Steve in a long time. A lot of news folks I hadn't seen yeah. in a long time out there too. That was pretty cool. Well, great. And then one a basketball question. Sure. I'm an IU fan. This season has been so up and down, up and down. How confident? Should Hoosiers fans be going into the NCAA tournament? I think probably um, cautiously optimistic is what I would say. Because it, it's, it really is. I mentioned the, the Forrest Gump line. It's like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get. And in large part, that is this IU team. Because they do have flaws. But when they get on a run and play well, they can be as tough as anybody. You just don't normally know what you're going to be able to get. If they can get any support group for Trace at all for an extended period of time. And I would say the same thing about Purdue, Vernon. If they can start knocking down perimeter jump shots and support Edie, then they can also get on a run. But the problem is you just haven't been able to count on either. So that would lead me for you to be cautiously optimistic. And we'll also check out where they are, who they're going to play in the bracket and all that too. But cautiously optimistic is how I would put it.
Vernon, are you going? Vernon, by the way, if you're still listening, 107, uh, check that. JMV at 107.5thefan.com. Send me that. I'll go on Tuesday. That was a good time. I put on pants. I'm not going to go pantsless. And I, it's not like I run over there at my grape smugglers or anything. I just oftentimes I like my legs because they're nice legs. They're really nice and muscular, shapely legs. I like to show them off. Why do you think Don Fisher wears shorts all the time? I show off those calves. Nate Thomas says, any idea why Benedict Matherin only got 15 minutes last night? Uh, to me, that is inexplicable. On a night when Halliburton isn't playing, I have zero idea why only 15 minutes. Are you teaching him something? I didn't see any teaching-worthy moment. Certainly, they could have used a bit of an explosive presence out there. I wish I had. And, and that that is what with Rick Carlisle is going to drive you nuts, Nate. Stuff like that. And really, he's been all over the map. Yeah, I'm going to play Tice, and I'm going to sit Jackson. Now Jackson's out there. I'm going to sit Jalen Smith. And now, you know, then Smith was out there, and he wasn't out there last night. Yeah, I really don't know what he's doing. Can anybody else explain to me what they think he's doing with that? The the Matherin thing, it did stick out like a sore thumb last night. He's just trying to see bits and pieces. You get caught sometimes between playing a veteran and want, wanting to to really try to win. And I said this when Matt, or check that, when Halliburton went down, that also coincided with that losing streak when Jalen Smith was benched. I'm not suggesting that was the reason behind it, but they were playing well and he was playing well and he was adding to a team, and then it just kind of circled the drain after that. It's all been really odd. But the Matherin 15-minute play last night, Nate, uh, inexplicable to say the least. Tony's up next to 239-1070. Hello, Tony. Hey, John. How you doing? Tony, I couldn't be better. Thank you for asking. Hey, your Sycamore friend from Mallow Run. Shout out to Tony from Mitchell, Indiana, I believe, too, right? Yeah. Originally? Yeah. yeah. So, are we going to meet in the Eastern Green this weekend? Because we won our first game in North Knox. I would. Well, no, you're not. Because Mitchell is going to get beat by like 35 by Linton tonight. And then Eastern is going to get beat by 15 <laughs> by South K. Knox tonight. So, if there were a consolation game coming up tomorrow night, they would meet. But they are not going to meet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry to win. say. Sorry to say, Tony at Mallow Run. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> All right, buddy. Anything else, Tony? No. Go sick hey, of Tell everybody out there I said hello. And Do they have that schedule released for their concerts out there yet? Yeah, we'll be shortly. I'll let Bill, uh, tell let Bill, Bill know you're at. Tell Bill to get his ass in gear a little bit here. All right? <laughs> See you, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. See you, Tony. <laughs> Tony's a Mitchell Blue Jacket. Nah, Mitchell gets Linton. Eastern gets South K Knox. Indiana State 26 24 over Belmont. Yeah, this is not going to do me very. This is going to be tough. This is going to go right down to it. Just for a moment. And I saw. 
I saw people yesterday messing with the freshman, my guy, Robbie Avilia. The six foot ten guy that can shoot. He wears the glasses. Have you guys seen him? He wears the glasses. You guys were sending me that yesterday. Robbie Rockin' Fire. McCauley's got seven right now. 28-24, Sycamores. At least get on a little bit of a run if you can't stop anybody, which is the case. Shout out to Scott Yaney says, let's go Sycamores. Hope all is well, brother. Yeah, things are going in the right direction, seemingly, at times. Sometimes we veer off track a little bit. (laughs) Alan Cashman, jacket off weather helps too. And chapstick. Or certs. Exactly. Manny's at 239-1070. Hello, Manny. Hey, how you doing, JMV? Manny, I'm fantastic. What do you want to talk about? Man, I'm out here in this monsoon, man, on 465. Hey, check this out, man. Uh, you told me to call and remind you about the concert. I want you to uh, remind me every day because I have not seen Dion. I think Dion, Dion is doing something right now, but that's who I'm going to check with. I got to make sure you go with me and Wells, man. Yes, yeah, stay after me, Manny. Absolutely. Hey, man, I know you got Wells coming on, man. Hey, man, I, hey, man, make sure I'm with y'all, man. This thing like that's going to be a good time, man. We are going uh, to have a a good time when you put Wells and I together, man. You got to look out. Especially hearing Wells sing, when can I see you smile again? I wouldn't miss that for the world, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, man. uh, I don't know what's going on with our patients, bro. I'm like you, man. I want to see them win. I don't want to. This tank job. I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me, man. Last night night was bad, and I didn't understand why Matherin only plays for 15 minutes. And and they were back to Isaiah Jackson last night. But they – yeah, I think Carlisle's kind of been all over the map a little bit on this. So I'm, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know what they're doing. Me, man. I'm going to use your word. It kind of chafes me, man. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it can. Matherin, Matherin needed to be in there. But, yes, remind me every week leading up to the end of, of March so we can all get there together. I will, man. Hey, man, God bless you and your family, man. Have a great show. You too, Manny. You Thank you very much. I want Manny to go with us, Wells, if you're listening right now. Me and Wells and Manny. We would be like uh, this old school era of Bell Biv DeVoe. Manny, Mike, and JMV. Uh, that is, of course, the Legacy Tour. The Legacy Tour has new addition, Keith Sweat and Guy, coming up at the Fieldhouse. I don't know the date exactly. How have I not given away tickets for that yet? How is that not happening? I know we have KISS tickets. I saw that. KISS tickets for next week, I yeah, believe. Yeah, those are right? next week, yeah. yeah. People will love that. BT Dew's out there. He just probably got himself a little concert arousal with KISS tickets for you coming up next week. But, yeah, I mean, new edition, that's in the wheelhouse here. Uh, evidently, according to Bill Richardson at Mallow Run, that the schedule is coming soon. I'm waiting. Hey, Jerome, before the break at 239-1070. Hello, Jerome. Hey, how's it going, my friend? I'm great. What's up? Hey, man, I'm with you on the Pacers, man. We got these homers around here that think that we're fool's gold with these draft picks. We're not going to get the kid from France. I'd rather rather them win, make the playoff, or make the play-in. This thing where, oh, we're going to get it. We're not going to draft anybody in the top ten. 
we might as well try to go ahead and win. What I don't like about Carlisle, and I'm a Carlisle fan, he's pulling that Detroit stuff again with the with the not playing the rookies and playing the rookies. Uh, Andrew Nimhart is like a puppy he found with the second round draft pick. There is no way he should be getting more minutes than me. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Andrew Nimhart. He's a good player. He's a good young player. But we're wasting wins with him. He shouldn't be in the game. He's on the. He is on the struggle bus right now. And the point that you are making is, as much as I love the dude too, it, it is valid. The point that you're making, Jerome. Another thing I don't understand, it's like the time we had Chase Buttinger. You're playing guys and you're wasting valuable wins. There's no way on God's earth that Thice and McConnell should be in the game at the same time. Seriously. Uh, we lost the Boston game for two reasons. We didn't have length. We didn't have athleticism. We wasted a 40-point game by Miles Turner. Jalen Smith is playing his butt off and he gets a DNP. He's killing the, new guy, the, the young guy's confidence. There's no there's – no, Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson, that kid needs to be playing. You can't teach 6'11 athletic can jump out the gym. We're getting beat because we have unathletic guys on the – I mean, Jeremy Sokan, the guy with the blonde hair or blue hair, whatever he wants to be out of the game, yep. he killed us. He we did. only needed about five minutes of Jalen Smith on the boards. Yes. Uh, I, hope we go, I hope we go to the playoffs and the play-in. I don't, I don't like this thing where everybody wants to tank. Uh, uh, you're wasting Halliburton's years. Do you really think that Holland Burton, and he loves the Pacers, wants to wait for a rookie to develop? He'll be four years into the league. We need to go out, get a veteran. I don't care if it's Jeremy Grant from Portland, and try to make the playoffs. We're wasting valuable time. This was the one trade deadline I was disappointed in Carlisle. This is the first time you could have actually got a first-round talent for second-round picks. Hey, Jerome, I, I got to run here and get Wells. You have a great weekend. You call again soon, okay? All right, my friend. You have a good one. You too. Now, I will – respond to some things there uh there's there's nothing to go get unless you bring somebody in that just was uh bought out um when you're talking about making the postseason right now i don't at all have those expectations and i've been pretty firm in my thought that when you get there and what i mean by that when you get in a game and it's close i I want them to learn to close how many times over the years and even with those better teams that lost to Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals, how many times, or or you, you go back to the the Vogel years too of you know the rotations and and questioning the rotations. I want to see these guys close when the opportunity presents itself. And maybe it was because we watched how they played at Dallas. Dallas has two elite-level players as a part of their team. Both, by the way, went for 40-plus last night in a win over Philly. You know, just the game after they lost at home to the Pacers. Maybe we get filled up with a little bit of fool's gold. But that win at Dallas, and my whole point, is not about them making a play-in game. It's more about how... They close games and how they grow together and close games. Like, I'll give you a great example last night. And what is really frustrating is how this team looks. And I've said this all along when you take anybody out of the equation, this team is not good enough to withstand that. And we have seen when you take Halliburton out, this team's a mess. I would like to see them play better when pieces of their team or their lineup is not in participation. 
But that also is a part of this growth process. So everybody says, you just want them to make the postseason and it doesn't do any good. No, I just don't want them to make the postseason. I want them to grow with showing that they can close games. Not just me, not just us, but themselves. Has nothing to do with the here and the now. I think that is as important as anything. There is a lot for this team to learn. This is a lot for this team to grow from. And last night, last night was just another reality check of what happens when they miss, in this case, Halliburton or really anybody, and how far away they still are. Oh, I got a little flying toasters tease at the run that is Mallow right here. Look, look, Bill. I'm going to upstage Bill and his announcement if we're not careful. A quick break. We'll come back. Rafael Davis and Don Fisher coming up with college basketball, IU and Purdue style in the 5 o'clock hour. ESPN Radio's Mike Wells live from Brownsburg or somewhere near Brownsburg coming up next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Ride with JMV. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Don Fisher, Rafael Davis, 5 o'clock hour. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline right now from ESPN Radio. The author of the Friday Slow Jam sing-along re-entry. It's Mike Wells. Oh, a little amateur going on today. I don't know the word. I don't know the words accompli though. I can't. I can't even think of this one. I just know it's immature. You got immature. Playtime is over from 1994. The three-person group called Immature. Well, yes, this is man. a slow Who's jam the right that, there. Who's the one that left uh, the group? Oh. You had to ask me that. Is it Marcus Houston? Uh, I think that's who it is. Yeah, I think that's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, hey, guess guess what, man? We got uh, three weeks, man. Three weeks. Manny just called. You know, Manny's going to go with us. Caller Manny. Who's Manny? Manny's Manny's a caller. He's going. Hey, does he realize he has to supply? Some adult beverages. And you want to roll with us? <laughs> I don't know if Manning knows that yet. I don't know if Dion knows that he has to get Manning a Manning a ticket yet either because I haven't seen him. But we'll have to figure that out when the time comes because Manny's going. Manny's going with us. I yeah. think me and you and Manny, Ooh. we would like be a really good older school Bell Biv DeVoe ourselves right here. I think we'll be looking good. Nice. 
hey, something tells me they be trying to call us color me bad or all for one or something, man. Like, you'd be you'd be the, you'd be the cool out uh, the cool white guy that's got some soul with them in the group. That's Ooh, what would happen. I've got. I'm going to tweet out this picture that's on my Indiana State University 1990. What was that? 1991, I think it was. ID card where there was not much of a difference between me and the uh, lead singer of Color Me Bad, who now is about 700 pounds, I think, or at least last check was. But and I guess kind of, I guess so am I. Luckily, you're not 700 pounds. So, uh, that, <laughs> you're, not, you're not in this situation. So here's the question. Were you uh were you were you talking about uh, I want to set you up the whole time during that time too back in the day? Oh yeah, here's why too because today, 32 years ago, actually I think it was yesterday, 32 years ago, Color Me Bad released I Want to Set You Up. To the Man, TikTok, you don't stop. Hey, and then you know what? I just re- I just remember in New Jack City it yep. played when uh, he, um, Nino Brown said you see the pimp on the booty. Yeah. No. Yep. Color me bad, right there. Um, yeah. They had they had like three or four songs, and it was always funny because the group, the group looked like like individual musicians already established. Like the lead singer had that little had that kind of vanilla ice vibe going. Uh, one guy looked like George Michael. One guy looked like Terrence Trent Darby, and the other guy looked like Kenny G. Did they do that purposely? Yeah. You think with that group? Hey, they wanted to make sure their audience realized, looked at, looked at them, their faces, and said, "Okay, they got a little diversity up in there." So they wanted to make sure everybody was singing the words to their songs. This is a true story. So, 1991, I would have been 21, and I'm quite sure when I was 21 in 1991 at Hooligans in Bloomington on Kirkwood, down just off the IU campus, I was rocking a red turtleneck with a black vest wearing my rope chain on the outside of the turtleneck. And uh, this lady came up and said, you know what? You look exactly like the lead singer of Color Me Bad. True story. Man, I, I, sure, I sure hope. That you took advantage of those comments, and and then please, she please, went please, and please, please started. A bit. Then she went and started mowing on some other dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, she are She she was like, no, the beer, hey, the beer goggles went away, Jay. That's what I happened. know it. I know it. I said, here's here. I got a couple of AMFs and a couple of Pink Floyds and a couple of Long Islands for you set up right here. That's what I was doing back in the day. I was drinking Long Island iced teas at the at Hooligans in Bloomington, which was in Dunkirk Square, not too far from where you teach on Kirkwood Avenue. Uh, at at Hooligans, the drinks were AMFs, Pink Floyds, and Long Islands, and we often times got seven and sevens back then man they traded hooligans now for kilroy's on kirkwood and have a number of different flavored um long island ice teas and um and, and kilroy's on Kil- uh, kirkwood not, yeah. not that i know or yeah the only problem with um with hooligans which was a great bar it got i think it got closed down because it kept letting too many people like me in with a fake id so, oh, they kept man. getting in trouble when they got raided, and like twenty five percent of their clientele was under twenty one. I I think uh, the city frowned upon that. Yeah, that's what, 
are you on Radio Rope, the convention center? Um, I was for one day when Chris Ballard was also oh happy to come out and join me. Did you see that video? Uh, no, actually, no, I did not. I don't think he's a big uh, fan what, of mine. What, I don't think he's a big fan. Was what, what was the uh, was he very short and turd? No, no. Did I mean, he he was he was, he was just fine, but he just like, and I guess I would not have noticed until the people around me said, "I don't know if he likes you or not." And then I had people that were watching it at the time uh, texting me and tweeting me saying, "I don't think he likes you." And then I went back and looked at it. And it doesn't look like that he likes me. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just, you know, and, and here's part of it. And this is what I understand. I understand that if we turn things around and I'm, and he's talking junk about me every day, Monday through Friday, between three and six, I don't like him either. So, you know what I mean? I understand right, so that. So, so what you're telling me is Ryan Grixon was more, inci- more excited to go on and uh, talk to uh, Jake and Kevin this morning than Ballard was to talk to you? Um, probably, yeah, probably. Did, did, did you did you happen to catch when you were driving Miss Laney or Mister Blake to school? Did you catch did you catch any of Grixon this morning? I did not. Did you tell me all about it? Because somebody else asked me inside the lounge via YouTube Live about it, and I I at the time I was in the house. I did not hear it. What was said? Well, well, it, well I, I caught part of part of. It. I listened to some of it on my way down to Bloomington for a meeting today, and I just got a chuckle. When uh, I think of, I can't remember which one of the two asked him about uh, you know any kind of regrets or whatever, and uh, Grixon basically said, you know, um, my mindset is not to sit here and appease the media. You know, I was you know people say I wasn't friendly enough to the media. I just I simply wanted to win, and I, I honestly almost drove off the road on Kirkwood as I was finding a parking spot because when the Colts were winning the first couple of years. He was all about the media. He he was he was he was our best friend. But once 2015 came about, and he and Chuck Pagano were having issues and stuff, um, he shut he completely shut the media down. So I just call I call it being the front runner, man. When it was good, he was fine. But when adversity hit, he wanted he wanted nothing to do with us. So I I just I got a big laugh out of that comment when he when he uh, was talking about oh he just cared about winning and not worried about the media. Well, I was I always laughed about it because there I didn't have an issue with him, you know, other than you know the results and where this team ended up, and it's very similar to Ballard. I don't have an issue. There's no axe to grind, and there's nothing personal going on here whatsoever. But I just can't go on here for three hours a day and talk about Colts football when things aren't going well and talk about a you know a four-win, one-tie team like they're on the verge of going to the Super Bowl next year. So I, I just well, can't the, the do the, that. I mean, I, 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 would, I would like to have a little bit of credibility around here, and doing that, you'll lose it in a second. Well, the, yeah, about to say the reality is you will lose all credibility if you were to sit here and stroke the ego of Chris Ballard or Ryan Grayson, knowing that the football teams were not good. You know that they had issues, especially this past season. If you were to sit here and praise Ballard and say he's going to get it right, knowing in his first six seasons the Colts won't even to the playoffs twice, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure I can sit there and as much as I love. Guy and, and Keith Sweat, I, I don't think I can stand, stand there in the audience at a concert knowing you're telling a lie and, and, and giving them praise when they don't deserve it. The only thing that I ever took the wrong way was when his agent called me once and said, 
I had to stop following the lead of others in this market about my opinion regarding Grigson. And I said, listen, I don't follow anybody's lead around here. That pissed me off. That part really pissed me off. And to this day would piss me off. But nothing Ryan Grigson ever did ever irritated me at all. It was just about what was going on at the time. It was about where the team was going. It was about results. It was about, you know, what wasn't going on, uh, what what people, you know, didn't like about his leadership um, within that organization. And there's, you know, a lot of similarities in terms of the criticism. And there has to be because when you don't win, that criticism is going to be there. When you go six years and you got one playoff win and you've been to the postseason twice, you're going to get criticism because normally to come back a seventh year, you have to have a resume as a general manager that looks like John Snyder in Seattle, not what Chris's looks like here. So it's never anything personal. There's never an axe to grind. I think sometimes people have a very hard time getting past that. And Mike, I'll own this too. I would be one of those. I'd be one of those. If I, if if Chris or if Ryan Grigson had this spot every day and fired on me every day like I do, I'd probably be pissed at them too. Actually, there's no probably about it. I know I would be. So it just comes yeah, with the that, territory. That's, that's, so that's something that I've always understood. Yeah, that's equivalent of when we got people saying we're idiots on Twitter. So, man, you know, after a while, you get, you get tired of hearing it. And, and that's me. You know, I honestly, I enjoyed talking to Ryan Grigson. You know, away from you know when we weren't talking about football, I, I had fun talking to him. In fact, when he left, he even said, "He goes, hey, you know what?" But he goes, "My boys are telling me that he goes, you would fit in perfect in the region because you do a lot of poo poo, you know, poo poo. Even though you didn't, he, he used the S word talking, and you could hang with my boys from the region. I like Chris Ballard, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about results. If you're winning, I would write positive stuff. If you suck." I would write uh, say I would write saying you suck, or I'd be on the radio killing you. And for Chris Baller right now, it's all about the Colts suck. Yeah. And I'm not saying they got to get to the play. You know, let's just say they trade up the number one grab Bryce Young. I'm not saying they got to make the playoffs, but for Baller's sake, there better be signs of completely turning the corner and not just being another ho-hum team and saying, oh, yeah, we had a rookie quarterback. No, they got to show legit progress and make it seem like they're going to build off of whoever their, their starting quarterback, their rookie starting quarterback is next season. Mike Wells joins us from ESPN Radio. The, the one thing, and, and what I wanted to come across is I wanted it on Wednesday, and it was, and listen, there was no problem whatsoever. He answered absolutely everything in a way in which he wanted to answer it. It's not like we drew any conclusions by anything, but he answered the questions I asked the way that he wanted to answer it. But I wanted to be completely 100% serious. I didn't want to start you know, jacking around and laughing and giggling and patting each other on the back because that's when it becomes phony. So I love the way that it went. The way that it went was, all right, we're talking about serious stuff right now. We'll keep it serious. And we had 20 minutes of, of Q&A, uh, and he, you know, got across and answering questions, you know, in a way where he didn't want to probably give any answers. I understand that. And uh, he answered everything that I rapid fire ask him. I just didn't want to start giggling and laughing and doing all that stuff that can happen when you're together in a place and um, that's that's one thing that I think I ended up accomplishing and I didn't I, I did not 
in this case, not enjoy it at all. I, I did, and I wish you would come on more because I have all these questions, and if I'm wrong about something, Mike, if I'm stating something that's inaccurate, he can correct me whatever he likes. I have no problem with that, and I'll own stuff. I'll be corrected. I have zero problem with that. Yeah, you need them to come on more often so you can go on Twitter and say that you're the only one that can get Chris Ballard on your show, man. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> that's also not a big deal of mine, too. And <laughs> so, you know that to be true. Uh, yeah, no, that to be yeah, true. You know I had to, you, you know I had to mess with you on that one. <laughs> nah, I, uh, no, seriously, it was um, – it, it, it was it was good uh, that he came on. I'm glad that he did because, Mike, it had been a while. It had been a long time since yeah. he'd been on, and and I do appreciate that. But I, I tried to – if you watch the video, I tried to keep it as – you know, oftentimes when you get – you know. It's, it gets personal when you're when you're back and forth in front of one another. It gets lighthearted. And I think I, I tried to ask the questions that I thought the fans would want because he was just meeting with the media 10 minutes prior to our interview. And I didn't want to rehash all the questions that were asked 10 minutes before. So I tried to ask what I thought the fans would want in a very serious fashion because I think that's the way they would want them asked. So that's that's kind of how I handled it. But all, all was good. And again, if he, he, he probably thinks I'm an idiot. And he's probably right. But I completely understand on both sides why he might. But I'm glad that he came on because it was a good 20 minutes on this show on Wednesday, certainly. No, that's good. And, and yeah, I mean, I would, you know, their talk is going to be, you know, court, quarterback talk the entire time. Are, are you still – I mean, are you, in a, are you in a position of saying do whatever it takes to move up to number one? Well, let me tell you this. We had a couple of quotes today. One was from C.J. Stroud, who described himself as a ball placement specialist. That got me a bit aroused. I can't lie, because they need somebody that's a ball placement specialist. And then Levis got up there and was asked why he felt it necessary to throw at the combine. And he said because he wanted to show off his cannon. I don't know. I may. I like both these guys with that. But no, honestly, Stroud. To me, Stroud's the guy. To me, Stroud is the guy. Until further notice, Stroud is the guy. I came away from talking to Chris on Wednesday. I came away believing that Chris will stay at four. He may move up to three. I don't think he has any intention whatsoever in moving up to one, Mike. All right. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm sitting in drive, and so. We got we, who's number two? What teams? We know Houston. Houston's number two. Who's number three? Arizona. Oh yeah, that, hey, so, hey, I, hey, how, hey, how jacked that would be? Let's say the Colts think they're going to stay at four, and Chicago stays the one, and they they overlook what happened with the the, the the Georgia kid. They take him one. Houston takes Houston takes Bryce Young at number two. How crazy would it be if Carolina leapfrogged the Colts? And grab CJ Stroud at number three. Frank Wright says, "No, no, I'm getting my, I'm getting my quarterback first. Here was my guess, and I have nothing to go on other than just being a guess. I bet you that the Colts and Ballard like Will Levis, and I bet you they believe at four they can get Will Levis. That's my bet. Ooh, until man, again, I, that's I, until you, further I mean, notice as well. Yeah, man, I tell you, I, 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 I get the sense from the fan base that. If they take Will Levis at four, the, the, you know, the guy that, you know, is least known of the top three quarterbacks, 
there's going to be, I think that I could feel a luke, a very lukewarm to pissed off <laughs> feeling off that pick if, 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 if they take Levinson for Yeah, I just, I, I got the feeling, two things that stood out from Wednesday is I got the feeling that he's, if, if they move, maybe it's one spot if it presents itself. Um, I don't think he minds at all to stay at four. And I asked him a couple of different times about his roster building blueprint philosophy, if he was going to change. And I asked it a couple of different ways. And I also got the impression that not much is going to change from that either. No, if, if, there, if there's one stubborn SOB when it comes to certain things, Chris Ballard is the, is the poster child for it. I think he's proven that year after year. And I don't, I don't mean that in an insult way or negative way. Right. But Ballard is that guy that once he's set in his ways, he's not. It's going to take a lot for him to change. He he, put, he doesn't put his feet in the sand. He puts his feet in the cement and doesn't want to and doesn't want to move off of it. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio with us. Hey Mike, before I let you go here, um, our friend and I know somebody you have had become so incredibly close to David Benner passed away a couple of days ago. I did my best um, to talk about just how special he was, not just in this community, but throughout the NBA community. And I, I was really excited about having you on today because I know you have a lot to say and a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions going through you about somebody that was so close to you. No, and, and that's the thing. And, you know, people are going to laugh when I say this, but, you know, when I when I moved here in 2005, you know, the late Fakey Smith, once he left here, he goes, you need to be, he goes, you're going to love David Benner. Who I, I had kind of had casual conversations with when I covered the two He goes, but he goes, David Benner is going to be your MFR. But he can, he, he said the cuss word. And Seiku was not lying about that. You know, it, it wasn't just about, oh, what time do I need to be at practice or shoot around or, or availability? You know, Ben Benner and I had that relationship where with me being the only reporter who traveled on the beat, he, he'd send me a text or call and say, Let, you know, let's go grab dinner. And he loved his chicken wings and his ribs the same way you and I love them, Jay. And we would, we would sit there and just have dinner all the time. And at time, you know, when my mom passed away from cancer in 2010, you know, he checked, he checked on me on a regular basis. And as, as his body continued to deteriorate as the cancer ate at him, you know, I'd probably say over the last six to eight months, you know, I, I, would, I would call him all the time, text him. You know, I'd go down and golf by myself, and he would just ride in the golf cart with me. He'd hang out, and he didn't want to go home. He didn't want to be at home because he'd just be sitting around because he didn't have much strength. And I, I would take four, four and a half hours, and – we went out and tell some of the same stories we did from when I covered the team, talking about Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, all the Steven Jackson, and just we laughed our asses off. Like it was the first time we heard the story. And once Benner went into the hospital, into the hospital and then hospice, you know, I spent quite a bit of time. I'd come back from Bloomington and just hang out with him and stuff. And again, you know, people will say, well, you know, was he alert and aware? David Benner, up until a week ago, Sunday, the last time I saw him, he was talking trash to me nonstop. He'd always say, you know, he, when he left the hospital ICU, he got in the car on a Friday. You and I finished up, and he goes, goodness gracious, I get in the car, turn the radio, and the first voice I hear is you. He goes, can I go back in the hospital? And he was joking about that because I just finished up our Friday segment. So Benner wasn't just a, he just wasn't a media relations person for me. He was one hell of a friend. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I'm going to miss him and think about him every day. You know, next Wednesday when he has his service, you know, Bill Benner and his wife Jane, David's wife Jane, asked him to speak at it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get through it. And all I know is is that, you know, Benner and Seku Smith are up in heaven. Probably talk to Cash about me right now, man. And, and I, as I told David, when I walked out, the hosp- out of his hospice, uh, after dropping him off a, a extra large cherry lime made from Sonic, we did, we gave our fist bump and we both said we love each other. And I walked out and I just had that knot in my stomach, thinking that was gonna be the last time I had a, a real conversation with him. So, but I, I I love that guy like a brother. So Mike Wells. Uh, could not be stated any better from anybody that uh, knew him, certainly better, as you did, Mike. Well done. I know it's tough. It really is. All right. Keep in touch over the weekend. I'll see you on, on Wednesday as well. And uh, as we get closer to to, uh, to the end of March in our new edition show, we'll, uh, we'll hang together. Tell the lovely Layla and the fam I said hello to, Mike. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later, man. It's uh, Mike Wells on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. Could not have been said any better. I hated to even step in and say anything. I should have had a bit of a pause and gone to break. We will miss David Benner. It's well said by Mike Wells. Quick break. ISU scoring halftime updated more next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal 93.5 and 107.5 the fan 61.55 so let's see we just turned this on let's see what kind of run belmont goes on when we just turned this on and james if they go on a lengthy run here two zips since i've turned it on when they go on a lengthy run uh we'll turn it off (laughs) turn it back off because i have I, i may have upset the Sycamore Basketball Missouri Valley Conference Tournament gods here. 61-56. I don't know. Who's Drew Freiburg of Belmont? 3.94 is the GPA. I think when you get past 3.0, you're just kind of showing off a little bit. Stop showing off. 3.94 GPA. I don't even know if I had the 9.4 GPA. Uh-oh. Cooper Nice is heating up back-to-back threes, corner three. I think we can keep it on for right now. A Coming up at about 5.15, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. What went down the other night, what the expectation is coming up this weekend for Senior Day. Trace Jackson Davis and more. There's a made three by Belmont. I don't know. Five to three run right here. I'm not looking good.
And Rafael Davis about the Boilermakers Big Ten title. The Boilermakers at Wisconsin last night in the final regular season weekend of the Big Ten and the Big Ten Conference Tournament coming up. Rafael Davis, of course, from Big Ten Network. These guys are shooting the lights out right now. Looks like me at Center Grove on a Tuesday night right here. James, what's happening? Where's the defense? All right, 239-1070. lot to talk about. Quarterbacks met with the media today. We hit that Pacers lose last night. We got into that. I mentioned Purdue, a wild night of the Big Ten, and it is sectional semifinal Friday night and some postponements to the north and to the south because of this weather that is going on right now. We'll keep you updated on that and more. Bill's going to lead off at the 5 o'clock hour. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, GMV, how are you on a rainy day, man? Bill, I am great. It is an incredibly rainy day. My my yard was ridiculous. I know. I've got a swimming pool. I didn't even know <laughs> that I didn't have uh, about a month ago. So, hey, well, it, before I... Uh, hey, Cooper uh, Neese just buried another three. Back-to-back-to-back threes. Nine straight for Nice in the past one minute. 70-59 ISU. Sorry about that, Bill. Didn't mean, mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Nine points in a minute? That's just like a 30 for 30 moment, He's, isn't it? Yeah, I want to see if we're going to get a heat check right here. So, nope, no heat check as of yet. We need a heat check from Cooper Nice. Go ahead, Bill. Sorry about that. Man, I wanted to talk about the Pacers, but uh, I got I to gotta say that uh, uh, if you're Kyrie Irving and you sit and look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, two months ago I was the pariah and, and just the, uh, a cancer on the borough of Brooklyn, of the franchise. I was a dog. He works his way out of, of that situation, goes down to Dallas. And I'll tell you what, that fan base is fired up. He is a savior. And that performance that he put on last night with Luca. No, it was. He, yeah, the, the, the 40, 40 and 40 duo well, was pretty you. impressive. Yeah, and it, and uh, if, if people wonder why athletes sometimes kind of try to force their way out of situations into a better situation, well, if, I, I watched enough of Brooklyn this year and everything, and, and to watch Kyrie Irving last night uh, with Dallas. And uh, I guess, my, Bill, I guess my question would be: he he has these moments. He's had these moments everywhere where you're thinking, "All right, it's fixed. Everything's going to be okay." And then he quickly wears out his welcome because he wants to do what he wants to do. What's the uh, shelf life of this, you think, going to be in Dallas? Um, this uh, this season, then he'll get disgruntled and everything and hold out next year. But I, but I, I think it's interesting that they got uh, they got Luca playing the point, and and that and that. What do you do with that side of the floor when you got Luca and you got uh, Kyrie Irving? Who, who do you double team? If the ball moves to that side of the floor with those two guys on it, so well, I will I tell you this: forward. it looked awkward against the Pacers the other night, and I'm sure you were watching that. They both look awkward on the floor at times together. Maybe it was because Irving wasn't hitting anything, but they didn't look awkward against Philly last night whatsoever. It looked like last night, Bill, that they understood that that was prime time TNT. Everybody was going to be watching, and they put on a show together. They- they certainly did, and it was uh, it, it was really something to see. But uh, I wanted to, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Pacers. Uh, um, the Pacers are so much on the ropes. That that third quarter last night, that, that that the low offensive output. You mean there was nobody on the team, or there's nobody in the coaching staff that could emphasize the fact that they needed to hold their lead yeah. in the third quarter on the road, on a on a Western Road swing, and and they just they just didn't do it. They're on the ropes. 
And this game now with, with Chicago this weekend is a must game is, is a must win. They will never catch the Wizards at the ten spot, and they will never move up from the twelve. And and they will they still won't if they beat the Bulls, but they'll be they'll be even with them I think in the in the loss column. But uh, I mean they're on the ropes and. For the rest of the season, I'm just going to be anxious. Well, last last got, night, last night was a, last night showed you how many flaws they still have. Last night showed you how they play without you know a huge piece, the biggest piece in this case with Halliburton. I mean, really, they struggle without any pieces, but especially that big a piece. And last night also showed you how far away that they are last night showed you a lot of things that maybe you were excited and you dismissed after they beat Dallas a couple of nights prior. Exactly. And, and, you know, I was, I was so pissed off in the third quarter last night. I almost called uh, <laughs> IMPD and everything and put out an all points bulletin for Isaiah Jackson because, because uh, somebody keeps him under, under wraps and everything. And he's well, Matherin last night. Yeah, Matherin had 15 minutes. I didn't really understand that at all. I was talking to Eddie Garrison, who was in here a little bit earlier, who runs the uh, the Pacer radio stuff around here. And, you know, he talked about how that, you know, it's it's Matherin, dis, it disengages when, you know, he's not the scoring threat or when he doesn't have the ball. I to me, I understand you want to put him on the bench and make it a teaching moment, but I think you could also teach him this while he's on the floor. But that's my thought. Yeah, it, it, how Carlisle handles him, well, uh, we won't know until until probably next year. But hey, you know, the glass draw pacers and everything. Are you gonna are you gonna go down or or what? Are we calling? You know, is this gonna be Rocky Rocky Seven and everything? The Pacers get knocked out. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Billy, I can't wait to see you again. We're going to be out like three or four times coming up this month. Can't wait to see you. We'll be there, man. Look forward to it. You got it. That is Bill. That is Bill. Uh, The Lady Hoosiers, by the way, did a win over Michigan State. They allowed Michigan State 84 points. I'm assuming that there'll be a concentration coming up here on the defensive effort or the defensive side of things. But Grace Berger struggled, Sidney Parrish struggled, and Mackenzie Holmes was Mackenzie Holmes as the Hoosiers won a little bit earlier. John, jump on here at 239-1070. Hello, John. Hey, JMB. First time calling. Good to hear from you, John. Thank you. Thank you. I heard uh, Mike talking about David Benner. If you don't mind me sharing. uh, Please do. I was I was David's intern in 1998, Larry Bird's first year coaching, and it was just I wanted to tell you how great my experience was with him. And you know, over the years, he's just treated my family so great. And you know, if there's a, a souvenir that they're giving away, he knows it meant something to me. He'd always hold it for me. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed my time with David. And kind of in more recent years, you know, kind of life gets in the way. I haven't talked with him nearly as much, but. I was uh, managing a Walgreens not that long ago, and David, after uh, the holidays would end, he'd always come in and tease me about why why aren't I marking the candy down more? So he's <laughs> great, uh, great. He had a great sense of humor, yeah. and uh, his brother Bill was my uh, professor at Butler. So yep. I don't know if by chance, uh, in case Bill's listening, or if someone can relay to Bill that. Uh, how much David meant to me and uh, my sympathies to the family. John, thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. All right. You take care. That's uh, 
Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline right now. The voice of the Hoosiers is Don Fisher. And much like all of us, Don, you knew David Benner incredibly well and just knew how fantastic of a person he was, too. Absolutely. Uh, David was a, a good friend and obviously a guy that uh, everybody respected uh, in the newspaper business, obviously in the media relations business. Uh, just a great person and uh, a, a guy that you could really have a lot of fun with. Uh, I went to, I was uh, substituting in for somebody in Chicago, a writer in Chicago back when he was still, uh, actually he was, I think, with the Pacers at that time. But I got to sub in and go to Scotland with he and uh, Tom Reitman and Dale Ratterman. And we just had a ball over there. Uh, that was my first time to really be with David a lot. Uh, of course, he covered the, the Hoosiers for several years as the beat writer, and that's when I first got to meet him and know him. Uh, but just a wonderful person. Uh, you can't say enough good things about David. I think just about everybody has at this point, and uh, without doubt, uh, we're going to miss him. It's a voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We will segue to IU basketball, and maybe we'll we'll double back and talk about what took place on Tuesday night at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. I'm not sure you, you want to. I'm not quite sure I want to. I'm not quite sure anybody <laughs> wants to listen to us talk about it again. So I want to move forward here to Michigan and IU on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. And a, a senior day for Trace Jackson Davis and what he has accomplished, what he has meant to this program. What have you seen? We talk about his growth all the time, but maybe long form for us all. What have you seen over these years with Trace, with growth, with his game on and off the floor from what you have seen and certainly knowing him as a player back at Center Grove in high school? Well, and that's where I first saw him play basketball was at Center Grove. And uh, I saw him play the opening game, I believe. This was his senior year, I think, because both he and Armand Franklin had committed to Indiana. Um, And I went and saw those guys play the opening game of the season. And neither one of them played all that great. (laughs) They they both had their problems that night. I think there were some issues Uh, with the game itself, if I remember, in that particular game. So, yes, you're right. That's correct, Mm -hmm. too. I think that's exactly right. Uh, It's an unfortunate scenario that took place. But all that said, um, you know, I've watched uh, Trace grow as a player, I've watched him grow as a person. Um, in my only interaction with him, generally speaking, is is with interviews of those kinds of things because I, I don't get real close to the players during the seasons. Obviously, I, I interview them and have a chance to talk to them a little bit. But you don't want to get too close because, you know, it takes away some objectivity and that kind of thing. And I've become closer with players after they've graduated than, than in any right. other time, both yep. in football and basketball, you know. Um and that's where you kind of really develop the relationships. But Trace has just been a terrific young man. First of all, he just comes from a great family. I mean, they do things right. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, he was raised absolutely the way he should have been raised. He doesn't have much of an ego. He's one of those guys that is very approachable. He's a great interview. I mean, as articulate as anybody on the basketball team. Um, and, and he's always been that way. He's never been a guy that's uh, been afraid of the microphone in any way, shape, or form. But more, most importantly, it's how he's grown as a player at Indiana. And 
Uh, you know, he, he we talked about this before at times in high school, just didn't dominate ball games like you thought he could or would and should have in some respects. But I think he's one of those guys that kind of let the game come to him in, in, in many respects and at the same time thought that, that was the way to play it. Not that it that it's not, but he, sometimes he just didn't give 100%. It didn't seem like, if you know what I'm saying. And it wasn't like he was trying to dog it or anything like that. He just didn't take over games. And I think that's the part of the game that he has improved most upon is that he is one of those guys now that just wants to win. And that, that competitive drive uh, at this point in his career will serve him well wherever he goes and whatever he does past basketball at Indiana. And we all assume, assume that he's going to play in the NBA. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and, we'll, uh, you know, what that is all going to bring, we'll just have to, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. But just about as far as him as a person and as a basketball player, the growth has been absolutely tremendous. And I can't conceive that he won't be successful in whatever he does in life. You have any thoughts about where he's going to go down as far as what he has done on the, the floor? I mean, his numbers are eye-popping in the history of basketball at IU. They are. There's no question. He's the all-time rebound leader now. He's the all-time shot-blocking leader. He's fourth in scoring. He's got a chance to be third in scoring before he's done this year uh, and probably will be third in scoring all-time. That's just remarkable. Uh, when you consider very few big guys, I mean, they, they may have a – one area that they're really strong in over the other. He's been good at all of those things. And this year, right now, he's leading the team in assists. So, I mean, it tells you how much growth he has had as a player uh, because as a freshman and a sophomore, he was out there doing his thing for the most part, really kind of struggled to find you know guys to throw the ball to when he get, got double teams and that kind of thing. His ball handling was suspect at times. All of those things have gotten dramatically better over the last two years. And you got to give Mike Woodson a lot of credit for that. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. What do you expect to see at a senior day coming up? Michigan, there's a lot on the line. I mean, still can get to that double bye with a win and a little bit of help. What's your expectation for Sunday, Don? Well, I would be totally disappointed if I don't see a dramatic improvement over the effort uh, and the toughness and the competitiveness that we saw uh, on Tuesday against Iowa. There's just no question that was, in my opinion, an aberration, but in, not a good one in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I, I just think that this team has to get back to the energy level and the competitive level that they saw or that they showed that that they have in them uh, against Purdue. I mean, it was just a phenomenal performance by them against Purdue in an incredibly difficult atmosphere and environment to play in. And, you know, you come off of that ball game and maybe they got a little full of themselves or a little bit too uh, uh, paying too much attention to the clippings after the ball game and, and being too high after a ball game, so to speak, and not really understanding that they had to come back down in a hurry. And they only had a couple of days to prepare for the Hawkeyes, but they played them once before. They knew exactly what they were going to face. So that's no excuse. And the fact of the matter is, Iowa had a pretty tough game on that same day. They may have played it a little bit earlier, but they had an overtime contest, and they had to come back and expend energy and emotion and all those kinds of things, just like Indiana did against Purdue. And they played lights out, and Indiana did not. And that's what's so disappointing in that loss. 
So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It just Iowa showed up just ready to wreck somebody. And that's exactly what they did from the tip, first five minutes, and then never let up, Don. Right. And you're going to see the exact same thing when Michigan comes to town on Sunday. Because this is a team that's fighting for their lives as far as maybe getting a bid, number one, or number two, uh, just to have the kind of season that they hope to have. And and let's face it, uh, Hunter Dickinson's a load. Uh, Jet Howard has become a really good player, uh, one of the top freshmen in the league this year, and their second leading scorer, I believe. And then on top of that, you know, from my perspective, senior day is a day that everybody looks forward to and everybody's thinking about maybe the speeches at the end of the game and that kind of thing. Those speeches take on a totally different level of meaning when you lose your last ball game at Assembly Hall and regular season. And, of course, what's on the line in this particular case is that double buy situation that they could have controlled themselves if they had just gotten a win over Iowa last Tuesday. So right now, this team has got a lot to play for. There's no question about that. Seeding is also a factor for the NCAA tournament. And honestly, I know they want that double buy, but now they have to have a little help from somebody else because there's everybody, everybody, everybody at this point's at eleven and eight in the conference. It's so amazing. Yeah, this is not my argument, so don't laugh at me when I tell you about it. But I, I'd heard a couple of different times that hey, maybe it would be better in the Big Ten conference tournament if they got to play one more game, especially if Xavier Johnson were able to play because that would give him another game. And and my response is, first of all, you don't know when he's going to be ready to play. At least we don't. And I'm telling you, with the Big Ten Conference Tournament and IU or this IU team, if you could skip a step and get a double bye, skip that step and get a double bye. And then then you'll find out. Whenever, because it's not like you're, you're not going to have a lot of time to, you know, get acclimated Xavier Johnson to things or reacclimated in this case to things anyway. So when that happens, do it. But if you can skip a step in this case, you skip that step. Well, you definitely want to get the double by. There's just no question about that. Xavier Johnson is, is a kid that I can think will acclimate very quickly to what has to be done. Uh, if he is 100% physically. And that's the big question mark. How, how quickly can he get to 100%? Because from, a, from a, you know, a basketball conditioning standpoint, he hasn't had a lot of time to get back any kind of what you would call basketball stamina. And so I can't conceive that they're going to use, if he does play in Sunday's ball game, uh, that they would use him a ton of minutes. There's just no way. I don't think he could do that. Uh, I don't think it would be good for him either because obviously he's coming back, hasn't played a lot of competitive uh, basketball, and Mike has said he hasn't practiced all that much up to this point because they're being very careful with him. But when I saw him in warm-ups again before the Iowa ball game, the thing that impressed me most was how quickly he was going down that. There's a thing that they put looks kind of like a, a rope ladder, so to speak, that you put your, you know, you they go as fast as they can from left to right and right to left. And he was doing that just amazingly quick. I was really surprised by it. So I just think he's going to be – that if he can get back uh, and be in some positive minutes, not go off you know, and try to do more than he's capable of doing uh, and be smart with his play, I think he's really going to help this team become a little bit 
a lot better of a basketball team here at the end of the season because the one thing I think they missed from him more than anything else was his defensive toughness against the best or smallest guard yes. that the other team had. And when he had to go up against quick guys that were just as quick as he, he was the toughest guy on the floor, generally speaking, against almost everybody he faced, and you love that part of him. Don, you remember, and I know you do, the Big Ten Conference Tournament against Michigan, really in the latter portions of the season. Uh, he was just a different guy last year. And then, in yeah. turn, this team, once it got into the postseason, looked like a different team. They did. I mean, his last 10 games last season were as good as he played all year long, and he did it consistently well. Uh, That's what gave you so much hope for this season uh, and what he would be capable of doing uh, to help this ball club win. And unfortunately, we lost him in the Kansas ball game uh, in mid-December, and from that point forward, he has not been available. So he's missed over two months of the season at this juncture, And you don't know quite what you can expect at this point. But you do know this. If there's one thing that he is, he's a competitor. He works his butt off, and he will battle whoever he's up against. And that's what I like about him best. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Well, it... um... It should be fun. <laughs> I can't imagine that uh, it'll look anywhere near like it did on Tuesday night. So you get that two-and-a-half-minute press conference from Mike Woodson, frustrated afterwards. It, somebody somebody better look a little bit differently other than Trace coming up Sunday. Well, you think if you think his press conference was fast, you should have seen him on the postgame show. <laughs> was he one word answer, Coach, for you? It was not one word answer, but it was like about two questions asked and two questions answered in about 45 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, pretty much I knew there's no sense in continuing this form of questioning because it's not going to get you anywhere. So we just wrapped it up in a hurry. Thanks, Coach. See ya. (laughs) Well, over the years, um, especially doing what you do, you kind of recognize that. I guess at least you didn't have to wait around for like three hours to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who would you be referencing there? i have no idea but you went around for three hours a couple of different times didn't you <laughs> it was maybe not three hours but it felt like it <laughs> hey our table on the agenda tonight oh yeah oh yeah 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 well say hello to joe and ginger for me i'm sitting yeah, here I, yeah. i'm sitting here trying to live in the moment with my sycamores of indiana state who are shooting the lights out against belmont in the quarters of the mo valley conference tournament 60 oh, percent cool right now from three yet they're only up three they couldn't guard me or you right here they can't guard us trust me they can guard me that does don don these guys it's not so much as defensively they can't they're they're very unwilling <laughs> well that's a bit of an there, boys and girls. they're a little unwilling to want to get in front of somebody but anyway hey you guys have a great dinner tell everybody i said hi at our table tonight don all right we'll do it bud it's uh don fisher voice of the hoosiers on the andy moore automotive room pipeline 84 i'm telling you indiana state and belmont are having an absolute shootout 84-79 with five minutes remaining in the second half. Cooper Neese right now has 30. <laughs> Cooper Neese has eight three-pointers. He's eight of ten from distance. He is on fire. They can't get any separation whatsoever because they can't guard us. 
84-79. And Cooper Nice is hitting everything. Guys are in his face. 8 of 10 from 3. He has 30 with five minutes to go. And, uh, again, Sycamore's up five with possession of the basketball in the second half right now. I'll keep you updated. Rafael Davis, Big Ten Network. The Boilers last night, final weekend of the regular season of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. That's coming up from Rafael Davis, Big Ten Network, the former Boilers with us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Again, Indiana State is shooting 58% from three, 51% from two, and they're only up by five right now because Belmont's hitting everything, too. It is 86. Actually, now it's two. It is 86 to 84. Nobody is missing anything because nobody in this quarterfinal between Indiana State and my Sycamores and Belmont is playing a shred of defense whatsoever. Absolutely incredible. As I mentioned, Cooper Nice has 30 on 8 of 10 from three-point range. Three minutes to play, Indiana State 88-84 over Belmont. Of course, I'm going to keep you updated. There's still nobody I, <laughs> nobody guarding anybody. There's a big pickup game going on. I wish I was playing. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from the Big Ten Network. We're going to talk a little Big Ten, a little Boilermaker action. Final weekend of the regular season of the Big Ten and the Big Ten Conference Tournament with Rafael Davis. There's not a shred of defense being played in this game right now, Rafael. Not one ounce. (laughs) I'm not checking it out. Not one ounce. There's nothing happening. I I think I would enjoy it, though, because there's not anybody within five feet of anybody shooting the basketball. It's amazing. It sounds like yeah, it sounds like that'd be a lot of fun for the offensive player. Well, and then okay, then we'll go on the other side of this. The game that we watched last night, where sometimes offensively, when you play at Wisconsin, it's a bit of a, an eye gouging experience. Nothing really ever very pretty about it, which we saw last night. Nothing pretty. Purdue gets the win. Gets back certainly on winning track. Um, gets the win. Wins the Big Ten regular season outright. They still have to find the three-point range here. But all in all, you you take away from their win in Madison last night. Um, I mean, a, a win is a win in the Big Ten, especially a road win. Uh, Purdue, I think they won seven uh, road games in the Big Ten this year, which is the most in school history. So, I mean, it's never easy to go up there and win in Wisconsin. 
Um, and so I mean that was a it was a great win. No matter how they, no matter how it comes, it's, uh, sometimes it's better to win the ugly ones and um, just the, the good teams win the close ones. And uh, they got stops down the end. Even so, when they couldn't score, they got stopped. They made their free throws. And uh, Dak made a couple. Brandon made a couple. Braden made a couple. I mean, and, and that, I mean they took care of the basketball. So all in all, I, I'll take it. Yeah, Rafael, I mentioned this too, because we had talked about this early in the season. The one possession games they were winning, especially on the road. And that's what I pointed to at the outset of the show. You know, another single possession game where it came down to the end and, you know, they, they won it defensively and you get that single possession game win on the road, which early in the season kind of became their forte. Right. No, I mean that's what you um you strive to be able to win close games. I mean, you go out and you can blow someone out, but being able to execute down the stretch of games, get stops when you really need them. I mean, that's what um, that's what the end of practice is for. You uh, go through shell drill. In order to leave practice, you got to get three stops in a row in order to win the game. And losers got to run. So, I mean, those are drills you do. And last night, they were able to get three stops in a row. And they were to make some free throws. And then, uh, that's all. Uh, it can only help you going forward. And then once you, you add that in, once they start making some shots, which the lid has got to come off the rim at some point, they start making some shots going along with some defense execution, that's when this team can be special. Yes, Rafael Davis of the Big Ten Network on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon. You talk about making shots. There were many really open looks from distance last yeah. night that they did not knock down. Uh, is this a trouble zone for you as we get to the final weekend of the regular season and then into the Big Ten tournament? I mean, yeah, it should be. I mean, and you look at those four losses Purdue had in those six games, they shot 23% from three in those losses. I mean, you shoot 21% from three last night. So, I mean, I mean that's a concern not just from Purdue, but just anybody in the country that's not shooting well. That always concerns you, but – I know those guys just because, I mean, being at Purdue, I know they're in the gym. I know they're working on it. So I, they have a couple of days. I mean, they play Illinois, and then they have a couple of days where they have to play again before Friday where get some fresh legs, get some ice tubs, get some get some treatment going, but also just stay in the gym and get a lot of shots up. And I think, uh, like I said, they've had a stretch like this early December, and once they bursted out of it, it was uh, it's lights out. So once they, I feel as though once they get it going, it's, it's, they're not gonna look back from there. So Rafael, they've, um, they've got to make some shots to be able to. Um, they've got to make shots to be able to help Zach out. Zach is uh, getting pounded on down there, and it's um, it's becoming easy to guard if you're not making shots, and that's where that's what it's gonna struggle with. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you really realize until you see it how much if anybody gets consistent from distance how much that's going to open things up and that's that is so necessary and i don't know if it's going to take very much i mean these guys are capable of doing it they just simply didn't last night and they need to get back in the business of doing it but man that adds so much if they're able to do that yeah opens the floor up i mean because all of those guys can shoot so i mean if you think about I mean, Mason's hit nine threes in a game. <laughs> so a lot of teams will post trap big to big. And sometimes that's the trap that gives Zach trouble when it's big to big. You think of Northwestern, and they were trapping with Robbie Barron and Matt Nicholson, and both of those guys, six, nine and above. You know what I mean? So when you have a guy like Mason or even Caleb that can make shots at the four position, 
it just stretches the defense out. And then, you know, Fletcher can really shoot the basketball. Braden can really shoot the basketball. They just got to stay confident. Even Brandon Newman, they just got to stay confident in the shot. A guy like David Jenkins has made over 300 three-pointers in his career. So, you know what I mean? So, it's just going to open the floor up more and more. And then it opens up those driving lanes and then you get some driving kicks. But it helps Zach out a bunch. We never just kick the ball out and it just makes the defense have to second guess. But going – they can't continue to go four for not, four for nineteen, four for twenty, one for three. That's um, you know, that's gonna kill them come tournament time. So Rafael Davis with us. Size up the final weekend of the Big Ten regular season, and then I know there's still a lot to be figured out as far as who's going to get the double bye and what things are going to look like because so much of the conference is jumbled up. But what do you like about what we're going to see in this final regular season weekend going into next week in the Big Ten conference tournament? I'm, I'm just curious how everybody's going to finish out. I mean, even Purdue, they have a big game. I mean, are they are they satisfied with winning the Big Ten? Or they have a mature mentality and going to approach this Illinois game with a serious attitude? I mean, I think David Jenkins may be the only guy going through the senior night, senior night ceremonies. I don't. I know Zach is a junior, but, I mean, maybe if he's going pro, maybe he goes through it. But I think um, their approach to this game will show a lot. Uh, even Illinois, they're coming on the road, building some momentum before going into the Big Ten tournament. But I think um really interesting week, especially weekend, especially for Big Ten tournament seeding. We still don't know who's where after Purdue. And after, I mean, you got Minnesota, Ohio State down at the bottom, but everybody else is moving. And I think uh, Michigan has a big opportunity at IU um, going in there, ruining senior night. Um, but they could uh, really, really – Let's uh, re- insert themselves into the yeah. insert themselves into the dance into the tournament. So this should be an interesting Sunday and Saturday. Sunday. Well, you bring up a great point too because there have been times when a team will show you and make you believe that they're playing that second fiddle, whether it's been Northwestern or Maryland or IU, only to show you the next game or the next two or the case of Northwestern the next three that they're not ready for that. Yeah, no, it, uh, it it changes up on you quick. And this year in the Big Ten, it's one of the best years the league has had. I mean, every game is a fight. I mean, you think about Rutgers going to Minnesota, losing. They were up 10 with a minute to go, and they lost that game. So every game you got to come and you got to play. And that's what you that's what you love about this league. And that's why I think this uh, – that's why I think this league will get a team to the Final Four because each, each, each team is battle-tested. You'll have some lower-seeded teams. I don't know if um, these eight nine in the eight nine game you're going to have a few Big Ten teams in, and I don't know if a one seed will want to see a Big Ten team. You know what I mean? I mean that's not something that's that's that you normally would see from an eight nine a nine one game, eight one game, whatever. So I think it's just a tough league. Every single game is a battle, and that's what you want. And um, it's it's going to make every team better. Hey Ray, fell with that beat down that I will put on. IU back on Tuesday night. Is this reminiscent to how you saw Iowa start to come together, especially on the offensive end? And obviously a year ago they had Keegan Murray, who was always going to be a difference maker. But it seems like all their guys collectively right now are in zones, are zoned up shooting the basketball at a hell of a time to be zoned up shooting the basketball. Yeah, I mean, that last minute of that Michigan State game, it really helped them. Paint would always say, Coach Payne would always say, you start your next game how you finish your last one. I mean, they started that Indiana game right the same exact way they finished the Michigan State one. And guys like Stanford being able to come off of the bench and make five threes 
I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Chris Murray, I mean, you look at it, he was going through a real struggle, <clears throat> struggle from three <clears throat> the last few games before that Michigan State game. And he's really coming to his own. And even though they don't have Keegan, Keegan being a top five pick, they still have an NBA player. They still have a first rounder. And a lot of teams, they just simply don't have that across the Big Ten. So you really like that going into tournament play. And then Perkins has really found a rhythm. I really love Perkins' game. He knows he knows his game. On a team full of guys that shoot a bunch of threes, he's that guy that's getting to the basket, that's keeping the defense honest, that's putting pressure on that back line. I mean, against Indiana, he shot 10 free throws. He got 23 points. He shot two three-pointers. You know what I mean? So that's the old-school way of getting yours. And then the guy for Iowa that I loved all season, I think he should be an all-conference guy. I think Philip Robracha should be a second-team all-conference guy. He's just been consistent. He's a guy that's really found his rhythm. Last year, he was because he was the guy at North Dakota State. He was the guy out there. And coming into Iowa last year, he had to find a way to fit in with, with good players, and that takes a while. And this year, he's really learned how to exist with Chris Murray and those guys. And even 16 and 8, that's a, that's a really good line from him, and that's just a consistent line. He goes 6 for 8 from the field. And that's that's in foul trouble. So I like this Iowa team. I've liked this Iowa team from the beginning because they have glue guys. They have guy leadership like Connor McCaffrey. They won the Big Ten tournament before, so they know what this feels like. I just um, I'm high on the Iowa team, especially going into tournament play because they have NBA guys. All right, when are we going to see you on Big Ten Network? I am back on Sunday. I am actually on Sunday through Sunday, every day next week. Oh, man. You like that. That's You want to be working all the time this time of year, man. Enjoy it. We'll do it again soon. Y'all know. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So, Rafael Davis of the Big Ten Network, the former Hoosier on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Indiana State at the free throw line. 16 seconds remaining. They're up to 91-89. And the first one is good. Up three now. I mentioned Cooper Nice. He just shot one from the parking lot. Literally, he is 9 of 11 from three. He's got 33. And they may be getting their ass handed to him right now. Obviously, without that, he has hit absolutely everything. See if they can make that a two-possession game. They do. Belmont, 16 seconds, possession of the ball, two-possession game. This quarterfinal And then Indiana State gives up a quick layup because that's what Indiana State does. (laughs) Point lead, timeout. 11 seconds remaining. Arch Madness quarterfinal round. That's game two over in St. Louis. We may have an outcome for you coming up at the end, or the other side, I should should say, of this break. And uh, we'll get you into the last word. Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight as well. And what is going to be a fantastic weekend. Combine still in town. The quarterbacks are throwing tomorrow. The quarterbacks were talking today. We'll get back to that and a lot more coming up. 93-5107-5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam. 
I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. The Ride with JMV. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, Sycamore fans, we're going to Missouri Valley Conference Arch Madness semifinal Saturday, everybody. 94-91. Indiana State over Belmont. 94-91. Cooper Neese had 33 on 9 of 11 from distance. 16 of 28, Indiana State was from three-point range. And it wasn't like Belmont was bad either, 12 of 27. But Indiana State's going to the semifinals coming up tomorrow in Arch Madness. 94-91. You know, I'd mentioned this game the way it played out back on February the 22nd. Indiana State had a 19-point lead, yacked that up, and then lost with two free throws made by Belmont in the final three seconds. Here, they had a 13-point lead and nearly yacked that up. Actually, they were down one with about a minute remaining. 94-91, Sycamores. I'm happy. I am happy. See what happens coming up tomorrow. Have a great basketball weekend, everybody. Remember, next door, B105.7 tomorrow. We're going to have a JMV takeover, live six hours, all request show. It is an absolute blast. And the only thing you hear like it on the radio anywhere, every Saturday night, right next door, B105.7, the JMV takeover. Bob Lovell, Mike Wells, Don Fisher, Rayfeld Davis, that podcast, 1075thefan.com, including Chris Ballard from Wednesday. You guys have been great this week. Let's keep it up. Over the weekend, we'll stay in touch via social media, right? Be back with you again tomorrow night. B105.7 back right here coming up on Monday at 3 o'clock. We'll see how the basketball weekend shakes out on all levels. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. James, great job. The last words next. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.